Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Matt Shaw and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. Just a couple of weeks left to go in your fantasy footy season. And here at the Coaches Panel, we're going to help you with your salary cap side, your draft league, your daily fantasy, the Supercoach Dream Team, AFL Fantasy, everything you love to talk about fantasy footy. That is what we're here to do at the Coaches Panel. Joining me in the studio, i got the Fox. Hello, mate. Hello, MJ. How are you? How are your trades going? Can you count them on... One hand. One hand. Yeah, you probably should. The good news for you, though, is if you've been checking out the Coaches Panel social media, either on Facebook or Twitter, there's been a very up and about Fox lately because one Thomas Lynch from the Richmond Football Club, pretty much a month ago, you sat on this podcast and said, buy low, 260,000 super coaches, get on Thomas. And, mate. And I did. You did. And what is he up at, like, 380 now and... Averaging like ninety over the past month or so. Yeah, I had I had to field both Westy and Lynch this week. <sighs> Have you got Dom Sheed? No, You're a traitor to yourself. No, no. You're a traitor to yourself and the coaches. Twelve percent. I'm not one of those twelve percent. You're a liar I'm to everybody. I'm watching the percentage on him. Uh, I got Ben on the line. Hello, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. I just like to say with our Foxy Tom Lynch decision, you know what? He bought pretty damn low and. It's worked out very, very well for him. He's, it's been a sensational buy, and that's, that's exactly what we talk about almost on a weekly basis. You don't want to buy these guys at the peak, but so I'm not, I'm not suggesting bringing Tom Lynch now, but four or five weeks ago, the, the risk-to-reward ratio was hev- heavily favourable. Yep, no, it certainly is. And here at the Coaches Panel, we're going to try to help you with just a handful of weeks in your fantasy footy season. There's stuff, a number of big questions uh, that the Patreon army have thrown out to us. Uh, we want to encourage you to join the Patreon. You can do that at Coaches Panel. Uh, just search the uh, Patreon or go to patreon.com forward slash Coaches Panel. Plenty of rewards, plenty of tears. We'd love your support over these next couple of weeks heading towards the end of the 2019 fantasy footy season. Some big questions, though, as we approach these final few weeks. Some maybe feel more pressing than others, but we want to spend some time around them. And, and Benny, maybe I'll throw this first question or or kind of thought process out to you, is that probably one of the best midfielders we've had all year um, across all the formats of the game has been Josh Kelly. Now, he's missed a fair few games through injury early on in the year. Then, again, he's currently on an injury hiatus at the moment. According to the latest injury reports at afl.com.au, he's two weeks away, which means, Benny, he's got three games potentially available for us. That's against the Hawks, the Dogs, and a pretty tasty matchup for the final round 23 against the Gold Coast Suns. I, I guess, Ben, my question is this. Is it worth still considering or holding or planning to trade in Josh Kelly? Because at least two of those final three, if not all of those final three, look tasty opportunities to bring in a unique Josh Kelly. Is it worth saving or planning to trade in Josh Kelly off this latest injury run? Yeah, well, let's let's break this question down a little bit. Firstly, I'm always concerned a little bit trepidatious about making plans in fantasy sports because we know one injury can really derail anything but if everything goes to plan and two weeks two weeks from now we've following the same plan that we have right now josh kelly is highly desirable mj um so for a number of reasons firstly ownership percentage has decreased as it should so I'm looking at his dream team ownership percentage, and that's at 8%. And I'd be willing to wager that a large percentage of those teams are probably inactive at the moment mm. or don't have trades left, which you know means they're, they're highly likely to be uncompetitive at this stage. Um, so you're, if you own Josh Kelly for the last three weeks and you're either fighting for a league uh, victory or you're fighting for the top overall position, I'm suggesting that almost no one else has him. And that that in and of itself is very, very exciting. When we add in the fact that Josh Kelly 
in Dream Team has gone under 100 just once, and that was due to an injury sustained in the round 16 match against Brisbane. That's pretty pretty surreal, really. No, no one since, I think, Dane Swan might have done it one year where he only had one score under 100. In Supercoach, it's been much the same. So uh, his lowest score was against Fremantle in round five, going at 97. He's averaged 120 in Supercoach as well. So we're looking at a guy who has huge upside. His top score in Dream Team is 148. Top score Supercoach, 154. He's gone over 130 on three different occasions in Dream Team and over 120 on six and very similar in Supercoach. So really, you're looking at a guy that you're thinking, for those last three weeks, not only is he going to be uber, uber unique, but you can potentially be captain, uh, having the best captaincy score come round 23 after two weeks in the system, um, back after his hamstring issues against the Gold Coast Suns. So that round 23 fixture being grand final week, MJ. Mm. That's pretty damn exciting. It is. And I suppose, Fox, the other thing that becomes probably the the unspoken variable about um, acquiring or desiring to get a Josh Kelly uh, probably comes down to two things, um, but probably the most difficult for people would be maybe not even having the trade to get to him. That might be attainable for some. It's how the heck do you generate the cash? Because pretty much, unless you're trading out a Brody Grundy, for example... You're going to have to do something extra to be able to afford to get him in. Yeah, That's going to be the difficult scenario for coaches too. It'd be probably a, what a slide across from Nat Fife or something. Um, I, I actually like the move. I reckon it's a game-breaking move uh, in Supercoach. Uh, uh, he, he missed round seven and he came back with a 154. And that's the same team he's he's coming back against the Hawks. Yeah, and and then he went on a run. He went one fifty four, one thirty one, one forty eight, one thirty eight. So massive numbers. And at that time, he was at a huge. Well, he was about up about six hundred and sixty k. Yeah. Then um six fourteen at the moment. So I, I like the move. I reckon it's unique, like you said, unique and game breaking. It probably might might just go on to win you that. Premiership. Is it worth Benny spending, you know, in the more limited trade formats of the game? Um, a, a lot of coaches, if you're not down to a handful of trades left, you've probably been too conservative or you've nailed everything, you know, from your starting squad to your upgrade moves and, and dodged a fair few injury things. It probably will cost you two trades to get there. M- more than likely, there may be some that have, you know, a little bit of cash sitting in the, in the kit bag to go, but... Is it worth the two trades to get him in? Assuming he's cherry ripe, he's fit. We have seen GWS been a little bit uber conservative with injuries coming back, except hashtag Cogs. Um, is it worth the two trades to get him for those three weeks? Well, let, let me throw this question back to you, MJ, but let me add a little bit more spice to it. Is it worth using your final two trades to bring him in? and then holding the fort for the last three weeks with no available moves. I guess it depends on your priority and where everything is, but uh, yeah, it, I would, if yeah. again, it, it would depend on are you upgrading from an existing, if you were, for example, going from a Gus Brayshaw, every day of the week I'm doing that because whatever you might potentially lose in an injury or one or two donuts... Uh, what are you going to get from Gus Brayshaw? Again, I don't want to feel like picking on Gus because he's a great dude, but on current average, what are you going to get? 180 to 20 points over that three-week period of time? You'll get that in a game and a half from Josh Kelly. So, And that's before he even gets to Gold Coast. So, yeah, I'd do that trade. Yeah, and that's discounting the captaincy as well. So I think that's like the the really interesting part of all this is that you can double up on his scores over the, like, really, you could do it over the last three weeks. But specifically that round 23 game, if you're thinking there's, there's a very good chance that he might be the top scorer of the round, uh, that's, that's an extremely desirable unique. 
Yeah, look, and I think that's the thing is, is we do want to talk about some unique guys that maybe aren't getting too much love a little bit later on in the episode, but sometimes we get Fox a little too overly crazy. And we do talk about having a point of difference in your side, and it's important to have that because without it, there's nothing to separate you from the pack. And so you do need something in terms of ownership or a strategy to move. Um, sometimes we get a little bit too cute with our uniques and do it for the sake of it. And then there's a unique opportunity like bringing in the Josh Kelly or taking on a player that can really set your season apart in these final five weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said earlier, you know, it's it's a unique move and a game-breaking move. Um, take it on. Yep, I like it. All right, there we go. There's some thoughts about that. Um, let's look at the other end because that's a, really a coaching move for somebody who's in still you know wanting to do something to get their best rank possible trying to do something different in their league matchups um, to be able to take home that premiership cup let's kind of look at the complete opposite reverse of that somebody who just knows their 2019 fantasy footy season um, is actually gone Go! and they need to do something over these next few weeks what would be some advice Fox um for someone whose season is done, not just all but done, but he's actually done, what could they do over these final five weeks to give them some sort of learning or benefit or opportunity moving forward? It almost depends how done it is. Like if you've done and no trades, you, you yeah, well, all you can your do year is shift, is do- shift yeah. your players. Well, that's true. Well, then you do, get, you do get some options there. You could, you know, go funky with your captaincy options, couldn't you? Or, or play around a little bit there. Pretty hard to go against Brady. You got like Brady Grundy at the moment. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, no, not a no lot. Re- to, no reason to read the Coel Kings at the moment. Is it? It's put the C on Brody. It's pretty simple, but there's there, yeah, there's uh, if you got trades, like it's different. Okay, yeah, so what do you do if you got a couple of trades, but your year's done, your ranking, you're like I'm shot from going for it anyway. Who cares now? Or well, I'm not going to roll like the dice on a player you like. Okay, like um, who who could you roll the dice on? Player like Hunter Clark, you might yeah, nice. roll the dice on him in the back line. Uh, the second Lynch. Oh, the other the, Tom. The other Lynch. The Adelaide Tom. <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mate, you, in, in, in the forwards. Okay, uh, as our friends at the draft doctors refer to him as good personality, <laughs> Tom, I believe. Oh, fair enough. So. <laughs> yeah, just just have fun. Yeah, all right. Uh, what about... Like, you wouldn't have many trades anyway. No, most people are down to a handful, if not considerably less than that um all right what, it's what all about, about having fun it is all about having fun what about for you benny is there some advice you got for someone um whose fantasy season is done well i'm not sure if you've seen uh yet mj but i have hoisted the white flag um at team benny fc so the tears have been coming down as well um so that's that's probably my advice uh a bit of a depressive state um, and get ready for the 2020 season. But, uh, yeah, it hasn't been all good here. Um, I will say that if you want a, a real answer right now, it's possibly good to just maybe sort of think a little bit ahead towards 2020. And I would be maybe looking at a couple of the rookies coming through. I I was quite intrigued by the game of Francis Watson on the weekend. Yeah, I, I liked that. can maybe get... Yeah, some more opportunities. Um, so maybe looking at someone like a, a Dersmer and thinking, hey, could he could he really take the next step? You know, so one of these one of these guys that's had a really strong debut season. Obviously, Sam Walsh being the obvious one. Mm. Um, but you know, one of these guys can take the next step. Hey, you know, guess what? This time last year, I was just looking at Jack Billings. This time last year, no one wanted to talk about Jack Billings, but you know. Jack Billings, Alex Witherden could be the next Jack Billings. Uh, mm. Ang- Angus Brayshaw could be the next Jack Billings. Uh, so you've you got to have a little bit of a look at these guys and see if you can just detect a hint of difference. It's probably going to be uh, perpetuated a little bit more in the preseason. But mm. yeah, you can, you can do that or you can be like me and just be quite sad. And just go full emo about it, which is where Benny has chosen to reside himself for these final five weeks. Um, All right. We talked a little bit about the GWS Giants just a moment ago. We talked specifically around um, someone like a Josh Kelly and the opportunities that may present themselves for us with getting one of, if not the best midfielder of the year in terms of what he can score uh, at a low ownership, albeit a pretty high price. 
let's turn our attention for a minute to a, one of his teammates in Lockie Whitfield. Uh, has come back from injury the past couple of weeks, um, continuing on um, with just rolling ton after ton. I guess my question, and maybe Ben, I'll, I'll pose it to you first, is probably five or six weeks ago, maybe more so two, than two months ago, Rids made this famous statement, which especially famous for him, um, uh, was around Lockie Whitfield is as close to a must-have as you can get. We don't like saying must-have, but he was as close to you could get. He then got injured, um, and coaches that went against him over that kind of period of time, great. But with now five weeks to go, and we've talked about a relatively friendly fixture for GWS in over the next four or five weeks, is Lockie Whitfield still someone we can try to take on? Or is it now still hedge your bets, get him in, not many defenders can go with him, is Lockie Whitfield someone we can take on or do we need to hedge our bets and protect and bring him in if we don't have him yet? Well, I, I sort of think of Lockie Whitfield in the same ballpark to Josh Kelly this year. Right. So his, uh, his ownership percentage at the moment is actually in 26% of teams, which kind of surprises me a little bit. And I, I do wonder how many of those teams um, have either brought him in the last couple of weeks or how many have stopped playing. Right. Um, I would say active teams, he would be in a, lot, a much lower percentage. Um, but this is a guy that has now shown you a couple of weeks post-injury. Um, he's shown you that he's still producing. And that's, that is the one problem that we didn't really discuss too much with Josh Kelly, um, is that we're not going to actually have seen him play over the leading up until that three-week period. So the potential for a re-injury, as we all know, um, initially is much higher than after a couple of games. Um, so all a couple of factors that you're going to take into it. But I just, I really, really like that last three weeks, MJ. So Hawthorne, the Bulldogs, and the Gold Coast Suns, round 23, another opportunity for a very exciting captain. All right, uh, for the reference, because we haven't mentioned the other couple of weeks, uh, this week uh, they come up uh, against a... Uh, well, next week, sorry, they come up against uh, the Swans. This week they come up against Port. So, look, Sutcliffe might... You know, it's not going to impact too much. Sutcliffe might be the tagger, but I'll, to be fair to, to Suddy, uh, he's not been the greatest shutdown player um, at this point in time. Um, and then Sydney do have a couple of decent run with players through there that you'd expect someone like a, a Clark or a Hewitt um, may choose to play the negating role through there. W- what about for you, Fox? Are you in a similar vein where you think you might have a crack at taking him on? Or do you think... It's tough, isn't it? Y- you'd feel nervous every week going up against him. I understand that. It's really tough. You take him on at your peril okay. pretty much, but it's not impossible. No. you just got to look deep. And that, that there, is, there is a couple of guys that I might, and you might be surprised mm. at some of their names. Okay. Especially one. Have you got a list for me now, have you? I've got, I've got one main guy that I think, um, like, I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Like you wouldn't bring in Justin Westhoff or... Like I wouldn't bring in Tom Lynch. Okay, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this guy actually plays for Richmond. Of course he does. Go on. He would be the only guy. Now... He... So, you're, hang on, just to be clear, before you drop a name, you're saying it's it's difficult to go against Lockie Whitfield. Oh, it's almost impossible. But if almost you wanted Im- to... Almost impossible. Almost impossible yep. to you. Okay. Yep. But if you were going to, of all the players in fantasy footy, there's one guy, you wouldn't do it, but if someone was, this is the bloke you're about to recommend. There's conditions here. You have to It's you have to own you have the to main be, ones. You have to have the main Lord, ones. You like, have to be a Tiger supporter. <laughs> no, Lord, like Lloyd would be the perfect okay. one. But yeah, sure. I, I would presume most people have got... You know the Lloyds and Leds. We're, sure, we're, we're taking a cut under that. Yep. quite a, quite a bit under that. Yeah, here we go. Right, I'm. Uh, this guy is four hundred and sixty-six k. In which format? Supercoach. Okay, great. Yeah, but that, that's all you talk about. All that's right. fine. Um, right. Let's let's just go back. Let's, let's go. <laughs> <Here we> let's, go. <laughs> oh, this this is a, this is a hard. Yeah, you're not selling. Uh, not, not many people fine. could sell this, but, but I'm, I'm going to try. Buckle in, see, everyone. See, Lockie Whitfield, four of his last seven, he's tunned up. That he's played? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. it's, not, it's not all riches. Up two of those injury-affected games. There might have been a little Okay, bit. sure, play on. Um, this guy, 
the last three, four, four, the last seven times on the MCG, mm. these are his scores: 112. This is Super Coach. 142, mm. 102, 142. He likes those twos. 93, mm. 104, and 111. I didn't realise Matt Richardson was available this year. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Isn't they it? are impressive numbers. But they're impressive figures. On this is on the MCG. Yes. Okay, we're getting that right. Yes. Yeah. Fixture. Tiger. Defender. This guy run. plays on the MCG every match from now until, until round until, until the Brisbane, grand final. Until yep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll turn it up. Um, and he. Okay. Um, he plays his two hundredth <laughs> game. <laughs> This week, so he's going to be up and about. <laughs> yeah. This guy won, nearly won the Norm Smith medal. He should have. Two weeks ago. Pre- two yeah. years ago, arguably, Fox. Arguably, How many times did you watch that grand final? Arguably, back? he should have. And I think everyone's guessed it. Um, Hooley, Basher Hooley. The Bash, yes. I think he'd be the only guy. In Supercoach that you'd take on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you don't have the other. Like, I'm, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're okay. going down. We're not, you know, I would just say Lloyd would match him. Yeah, look. But, you know, we're... We're we're picking some. Um, some we're going for. Oh no, I, I I love it. You've given me a, a name, and not many people give names for a place. I like it, mate. MCG. And MCG. The last time I named a tiger was Tom Lynch, Ooh. and that was a bit. Also, the week after you mentioned Westoff, he got dropped. Yeah. So you know your, your track record's one and tiger one. Players, <laughs> the moment, tiger players, tiger players, haven't let me down. All right, fair enough. Too. Well, you've given me a bit I, of a to go, Benny. I just checked um, MJ. In Lockie Whitfield's nine non-injury affected games in Dream Team, he averaged just a tick under 130 points per game. Shivers. That's why, yeah, that's why I kind of consider him. I know we're we're going through the the defenders because that's what he's categorized as, but um, yeah, I definitely consider him to be of a similar ilk to Josh Kelly and your. You are buying a lot cheaper, uh, and the injury risk, from my perspective, is probably a little bit reduced just because he's also, he's had those two games already. Yeah. Um, but having said that, like we said, he's uh, in a lot more teams, so maybe he's a little bit less unique. All right, fair enough. Well, look, like I said, I wanted a name. You gave me a name. I agree with Benny. No, but. You wanted a name. I did. I gave you, a and name. I appreciate that because there is going to be a coach that's going look either for budgetary reasons or just because they want to do something different, is going to try to take him on. So absolutely, I applaud anyone's bravery um, around that. You um, would be a brave man. It would be a brave person. And if that's you, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear how it goes for you the next five like weeks. Like I said earlier, take him on at your peril. Right, fair enough. Well, let's talk a, a little bit. You've given us a bit of a unique name there, a guy that's been in form in patches in 2019 in Bashahooli. But that we have these uniques at the end of the year, and we've talked about them in this episode and, and over other ones where you need that thing that's going to set your side apart. Otherwise, you're not going to make any movement from the pack. Um, the negative of getting some uniques um, is simply when they go bad, it really only hurts a small percentage of the competition as opposed to a guy with large ownership hurting a large percentage of the population. Just look at Stephen Cornelio owners seven days ago. But what I want to do, and we talked about a few unique guys last week on the podcast, I want to get from each of you, um, give me a unique guy that you're pretty keen on, but doesn't seem to be getting really any love at the moment. Look, for whatever reason, but a unique option that you think, nah, there's something here about this bloke, but others aren't on. Who have you got for me, Benny? Because I've got a name, but I want to save him for a little bit. But who have you got for me, Benny? Well, I haven't really thrown down the gauntlet with regards to how unique we're talking, but someone that's really exciting me at the moment who I would love to own in my team is Toby Green. So, yeah, he's sitting at 11% of teams in Dream Team at the moment. Um, But I think, you know, there's a case to be made that he's almost the most desirable forward outside Mm. of, say, Josh Dunkley. Um, in the run home. So again, another GWS player with those big three weeks, but he has been able to take a more midfield-centric role without the likes of uh, Josh Kelly and Cornelio clogging up the midfield minutes. So, mm. And he's obviously been super dominant the last two weeks. Richmond, um, of course, give away a lot of high scores, but he really did take them to town with 144 points. 
batted up against the Pies in a in a good match for him with 115. So, uh, yeah, he he's someone that I just look at and I think he's the type of guy that could quite easily go on 110, 120 run in the run home that isn't necessarily owned by a heap of people, um, comes with injury risk, but sure. he's also at like a, a reasonable price at the moment. 600K is not too much. Um, so, yeah, he's someone who I, I think the time is right. The time was two weeks ago, let's be realistic. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's he's a very exciting proposition. I like it. I definitely like that pick. What about for you, Fox? Do you need a all bit right. more time before you finish your name? No, there? no, I've got a few names here. By the way, um, uh, Benny, is that for all formats too or, or any specifically around Toby? Um, so I was thinking specifically for AFL Fantasy and Real Dream Team, but I will look at his super coach numbers while Fox gets on with it. I'll right. give you a, a little bit of a comment later on. All right, sure. All right, Foxy, who you got for me? All right. Um, well, guys, I'd like to own. Um, well, I'd like to own Dom Sheed, but he's 12.2%, so <sighs> you, he's no. not unique enough. No, he's not. So, and I set this I set this um, uh, task, it being five hundred under five hundred and thirty two k, yeah, specifically. Okay, in, in super coach, coach yep. and under five percent. Okay, so oh, I went a little parameters. bit above what you asked, sure, and put another couple of rules, and then I went, and then I went looking. Great, and then you put the other preference where there had to be a tiger to be um, able to get there. No in tigers. The, uh, oh, okay. No, there might be a jungle. There might be one that lives in the jungle, but there, there's there's no All tigers. Right. All right, what do you got for me, mate? All right, where well, do you want to start with the the least? Unique, um, <laughs> sure, five percent. Okay, Elliot Yo. Oh yeah, nice. He's got the same schedule as Dom Sheet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> had to mention it. Now he's come. He's coming off one hundred and sixteen and one hundred and fourteen. So he got pretty tagged uh, in the first half against uh, Gussie Brasher on the weekend too. Yeah, I think I'll go to Gaff though yes. in the next few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we? He's got what North Carlton, Carlton and Adelaide. Can't get much easier than that. No. Uh, Richmond and Hawthorne on the way home, so he's got a great, so a nice a, run, a, a very nice, and he is super coach. He is a super coach player. He loves a tackle. Okay, he's had some um, earlier in the year. He had what big numbers in tackles. Like, yeah, I think even on the weekend he had like eleven as well. So yeah, he's cr- he's racked up more than loves that. a hug that man. Yeah, so he'd be the one at five five percent. Okay, I uh, just go a little bit less. I do like Mitch Duncan. Mm, nice. Yeah, he, um, he likes going on stretches. He does. Of, of, of scoring, not of stretchers sport. as in injured. Yeah, don't, yes. yeah, don't put that on him. No, well, no, no, and if it but, does, you said it, Fox. It's not me. Um, from round 6 to 11, he, uh, he stretched out six tonnes mm, nice. in that period uh, consecutive. Uh, at the moment, he's on a stretch of two. Um, and he has Sydney, Frio, North, Brisbane and Carlton. Nice. Uh, 500k. Um, he hasn't really hit the ceiling, really. No, he hasn't he really had that ceiling. Well, it's hard when you've got likes of Kelly and Danger. But, yeah, you know, but he hasn't really got you know, that, that That's okay. He's low ownership. 3.3%. That's, uh, I thought that was all right. No, you're ticking um, the boxes for me, Fox, so far. And the last one, point. I like the points. I like yeah, it yeah. when you've got someone that's got point. Point <laughs> seven. Oh, less than a percentage in Supercoach. Yeah, and the 15.33 owners, that's yeah. total in Supercoach. Now, there's probably there's probably someone, there's probably no one that owns him in Bendio and Ballarat combined. Oh, that's fair how enough. unique oh, this guy is. Oh, good. Um, and he still comes in at that, uh, under the 5.32, he's 5.29. Okay. Jared Lyons. <laughs> Wouldn't you like that ride? Oh, at the on moment. On the way home. You'd feel nervous every step of the way, but it, he's had three, it's been three good. over 130 in his last four. Oh, it, it's so good, isn't three. it? Everyone's going to Lockie Neal, then Zork's getting a little bit of attention. Jared's just having an absolute fun bags wheel and time. And his last one, 165 against North Melbourne. A contest like they're, a, you'd think that North are a pretty contested sort of team there. Um, yeah, he'd he'd be he'd be my very unique all right guy. i like that i like that um, you got that super coach stat there for toby green for me benny before i tell you mine yeah mate he um a little bit less interest in toby green than super coach he's averaging 85 points um okay. yeah a little bit worse just, can i just butt in just before you reveal your, sure. your bloke because it's 
you've got a great name, but in under 3% of teams is another GWS giant who at one stage was in the top five highest-priced defenders. Um, he's well-known as a former Collingwood footballer, and he's at his cheapest price of the season right now, coming off 100 with that fantastic GWS draw. That's he's sure. Um, I really like him in, like I said, under 3% of teams in, drill, in Dream Team. So another unique there for you. Milestone match this week, I believe 300 games for Heater Shaw. And uh, you'd, you'd expect they'd want to get the ball in the hands of the young man as well. So I do like that call. Um, my one, I don't mind. It's more a Dream Team and a fantasy move. Can but we I get think... an intro? Have you got do you want me to do the in, intro? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best fox on this for you. It's more a dream team and a fantasy move, but there, there, there's some merit there in Supercoach. Averaging across all the formats around about 5%. Coming off the back in dream team and fantasy of a score of 124 and 106. While in Supercoach, he's coming off the back of a score of a 119 and a 104. Uh, his next three weeks are against Richmond, the Gold Coast Suns, and Melbourne. In terms of midfielders, that's as juicy a three-week fixture analysis as you can get. Um, even Adelaide the week after at Adelaide Oval, we've seen players that can run, spread, and get into space cut up the Crows' midfield. And my friend, this player does that in spades. His name, Stelios Sidebottom. My friend, I'm big on getting steel into your side if you can. If you want a unique, you want a guy with a ripping fixture, I'm all over steel side bottom. And Patreons already know that. So there's, there's some of the advantage of becoming a part of the Patreon army. You get to find some inside access ahead of everybody else. But look, I'm a big fan of what Steel can do. I think he's got the ceiling about him. Everyone's still spending all their time on Trelaw um, or Pendlebury. Side is the one for me. So... That's yeah, who I'm going Good for. call. I'm surprised I missed that one. Oh, well, you know, I, I didn't put the parameters of, you know, had to be a tiger. Yeah, so. no, good call. No, that's fine. All right, fair enough. Um, hey, last couple of things before we do get to some of our Patreon questions. I, I'm curious, um, what's the better use of a trade? I want to spend some time talking about best uses of trades in these final five weeks. Um, Benny, what, what is a better use of our trade? Is it is it a better use to get rid of a underperforming player that you know we paid a premium for and they're not delivering so a, a Sicily who's playing more of a tall than an intercept role at the moment or the guys that have been getting a fair bit of flack across the year the the Brayshaws and the Witherdens is it better to use a trade on that or is it better to use it on a guy that's battling injury or no certainty to play such as I guess a Fife or a Hearn, who are both listed as tests, both missed last week. I um, mean, the clubs would certainly, more West Coast than Fremantle, you know, they've got the luxury of, of giving Hearn an extra week or two to be right for finals. But what's a better use of a trade for a coach? Is it get rid of that underperforming premium or is it fix up that injury concern you might have? Well, I think... Obviously, it's really dependent on your bench cover at the moment. So if you get really strong bench cover, uh, it makes life a hell of a lot easier. So my my general initial thought was damage limitation. Uh, are we copying a zero? If we're copying a zero, then we're going to be trading. Um, so that that's where you know you're probably leaning more towards a guy like Shannon Her Shannon Hearn or Nat Fife, where they they aren't going to be producing a score. But it, under the scenario that everything is tickety-boo, mm. uh, you are looking to upgrade the Brayshaws, the Witherdens, with those last couple of luxury trades, really um, making it look pretty. That's um, the, final, the final strokes on the picture, I think. Uh, we know with Brayshaw, he's, he played a tagging role on the weekend, uh, He's just having a dog of a year. I, it seems very, very unlikely that there's going to be any turnaround this season. Yeah. Um, similar thoughts for Withered, and he just sort of hasn't been able to put together the degree of form, a little bit less so than Brayshaw, but um, obviously struggled with his form. So 
given that there's a high degree of confidence that those two aren't going to turn it around, you potentially start to think, well, what is the upgrade? So mm. you could get Wizard into Lockie Whitfield, for instance. That might be a 40 to 50 point upgrade in a week. And if you can do that in two trades, then that's an excellent trade. Yeah, but right. if you could possibly, you know, go to a, let's say, someone who's a little bit more realistic for most of the competition might be a, let me get a name here. Um, let's say a Nick Newman, right? Mm-hmm. Someone averaging about 90. Well, then you might only be putting 20 points on it. I would say possibly hold that trade um, with the, the expectation that injuries will hit you or with the thought process that, look, over the next five weeks, 20 points is only 100 points worth, and that's not, that's not really what a trade should be worth. And I might be able to get that through a different upgrade or, alternatively, a big downgrade to facilitate the Lockheed Woodfield trade. Mm. Um, so you've got all these different aspects you're looking at, but for a lot of teams at the moment, a lot of friends that I'm speaking to, MJ, it really is damage limitation and trying to avoid those zeros. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, ben mentioned an interesting thing there, Fox. I'm, I'm keen on your take. He, he said this phrase, luxury trade. Um, when do we get to that point of time where our, our trades become luxury trades? Like, what, what does that quantify for us? I know everybody's different with their priorities and focuses there, but we, we go, oh, if you've got the luxury trade, what does that? Does that mean your side's complete? You've, what, what is a luxury trade at this point in time of the year? Yeah, well, you got points on the ground and you got good cover. Okay, right. then that would be perfect. A, yeah, that would be it. All right, that perfect summary of that. I, I really like that. Just about Brayshaw. Is mm. is he is he injured or because he's the elephant in the room for what guys you wanting you know, you're wanting to knock him out of your team. He's, be... he's the name that keeps bringing up. Yeah, know, he is. Witherton to a lesser extent. Yeah, but Gus is the one in Gus. Dream Team and Fantasy, especially not as prevalent in, in Supercoach, but certainly there. Is he just is he injured? Is he just I hope so. Not enjoying I hope he, that's the explanation. Not enjoying his footy as much? Or... Uh, he's not been played in the same role as he was last year. Uh, Melbourne, probably of all teams, have been impacted the most in terms of game style by the 6-6-6, in terms of they used to like to start off with some extras behind the ball uh, at centre bounces, and that certainly helped with their structures and setup and the way they linked up. And they had a little bit more dare about them too, so I think that's hurt. Um, but he's just not getting played in the role. Like, I would seriously go and buy him in a keeper league at the moment. Like, he's such a talented kid yeah, that true. you just know it's a matter of time till he comes good. He might not go back to as good as he did last year, but you should be able to pay for him. And, and you know, there's no reason why he's not a 100 average midfielder for the rest of his career. Um, so, so we don't foresee him turning it around in the immediate Well, he's not future. getting the role. Like, yeah. at what point... He's had two games um, in the past three months. He started the year with the role. He got two games or a game and a half with that role. Mm. And they've just not shown it. Like, if I was in Melbourne's shoes, well, I wouldn't <laughs> say the word tanking. I would happily give people opportunities yeah. in roles. Yeah, shouldn't they be experimenting well. now? Yes, like they should be. Yes. So if they did... Because like, like it's a good draft pick. Yeah. Get that bottom six fixture max up. In, in like surely of, the coach wakes up one morning and just has a... Has a, has a oh, they're missing some forward <laughs> targets. The, the game style set. They'll be fine. I, I, I wouldn't get Gus this year, but he'd be fine. Your take on him, Benny? Yeah, oh, he's representative of, of Melbourne's disastrous season. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, it's yeah, a good summary. That's... That's it. He's uh, He did tag on the weekend. He did a very good job, actually, on Elliot Yo. Mm. His effort was high. I mean, he, he really was working hard. So don't really think it's an effort thing. I think I think he probably is a little bit sore. Yep. Um, but the Melbourne game style just hasn't hasn't been there. It's uh, I, I think they're probably trying out a few new things, yeah. as, as you two alluded to. And... Um, yeah, it's just been a difficult year. I don't think there's going to be much of a change this year, but I, I agree with your sentiments, Andrew. I think uh, keeper league time, his value is a little bit low. You can potentially trade with someone who who might have different circumstances to use, so might be in a premiership mode or might not value Brayshaw as highly as what they perhaps should or have like, just really not enjoyed his last 12 months and want to get rid of him. And you might be able to work a deal off, off someone like that. So... Now is the time uh, for a lot of people 
to bring in a guy that potentially, you know, he's only 23, yeah. potentially has another five, six, seven years of 100-plus footy left in him. No, that's right. And you mentioned that great point about keeper leagues, and we don't talk about our stuff too often, but Ben and I made a transaction uh, around Gussie Brayshaw. I shipped him off uh, this week because uh, I'm having a crack at a premiership, and so it got me a couple of things that helps me on field. Happy days, helps Benny long-term. So, uh, look, you're, you're right. If, if you're out of contention in the Keeper Leagues, and we did a great piece of content that you can go and check out last week's episode, if you're in contention or out of contention, players to offload now and players to consider bringing in now. Gus, in my mind, is someone I'd certainly be still looking to bring into a Keeper League. I know some have been absolutely burned hardcore by him this year, but, you know, and the, and the smell of Gus is running deep in their veins, but... Um, look, I'd still be looking to bring him in. Um, could he possibly end up at Fremantle next year? Look, he could. Um, both his brothers are over there. Yeah, very anything's possible in family. trade period. Very, very close They do. Family. They love their Christmas Day run. Yeah. So, um, look, anything's possible. But, look, we 12 he months nearly, ago... He nearly won a Brownlow as a 22-year-old. I know. 12 months ago, he was one of the most informed midfielders of the competition. But also, 12 months ago, everyone was saying the demise of Scott Pendlebury was coming. And yet he's put together a pretty stunning year. And there was revelations early this year that, mate, I was playing sore. I was injured. I was struggling to get up week in, week out. Even though he was able to play and perform at a relatively decent level, wasn't the best that he'd hoped. Let's hope that that's what it is for Gus, that, you know, battling a little bit through the year, but both he and the Ds are going to turn around next year because he would be an absolute bargain buy next year Um, in terms of salary caps, in terms of drafts where you get him, like... There's so much upside. Chances are he may even appear in the 50 most relevant next year. Just letting you know about eight months out, um, just given um, how, how much potential is in there. Hey, but before we well, get... The, sorry, the, can I just... Sorry, mate. Can I just cut you That's off? Uh, the stuff that we apply sometimes to fantasy actually can, can sometimes apply to footy clubs as well. So, yeah. you know, we go on about this buy low, sell high, I think. If Melbourne was looking to to trade someone like Brayshaw right now, you you are going to get a lesser of a deal. So I, I just question how valid some of those rumours are at the moment because I, I really think you don't want to be trading him right now. He's, he's come off an absolutely dismal season. Whatever's happening mm. has happened for a reason. Uh, but I, I firmly believe that we're going to see Angus Brayshaw in a Melbourne jersey next year and uh, playing much better footy. Yeah, let's hope so. He's an absolute ripper of a player and a ripper of a human being as well, which is fair enough. Um, before we get to the Patreon questions, uh, there's, there's one more thing I'd, I'd like to pose, and that is these final five weeks are the make and break times of the year. You know, I suppose you could say that over the past kind of 16, 17 weeks as well. But um, there's a couple of players um, that might be able to, if we're smart, if we're lucky... Uh, if we can read the tea leaves correctly. Because um, I reckon there's a couple of players, whether they be highly owned or popular t- options, um, that may have some bad scores on the way. Now, that could be something because their role is getting tweaked at the moment. They're carrying a, a pretty substantial injury, and it seems to be impacting them. Maybe there's a heavy tag, or, or the fixture match- matchups don't look good over these next couple of weeks. Um are there any guys that both of you are seeing, look, be careful, there could be something here that could trip us up if we're not careful. Benny, are you, is there anything that you potentially could see beyond the horizon that are highly owned guys that people are probably just backing in, oh, they're going to be a premium over these five weeks, but there are some things building that maybe they're not going to be? Well, there's a fairly obvious one this week. Uh, his name is Rowan Marshall. He plays for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at a, a chart um, about rucks, on average, the average scoring ruck against the Western Bulldogs, which is the easiest team to score points against in the ruck category this season, they're averaging 100 points a game, MJ. So mm. that is the easiest team to score against the most difficult team to score against by quite a margin, predictably, MJ, is the Melbourne Football Club. And there's only 65 points a game on offer on average. So I'm suggesting it's going to be a difficult week for Rowan Marshall. Um, And if you're looking to bring in someone who's in form at the moment, he's obviously 
He's been fantastic for a long time. Uh, I would be a little bit concerned in making the move this week. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And then, look, next week's the Crows um, as well, and Riley O'Brien is is not the uh, biggest slouch in the AFL at the moment, probably the most improved Ruckman in the competition, and Grundy's taken his game to another level this year, no mistake about that. So, look, difficult matchup for Rowan over the next couple of weeks. I, I like that as a, as a pickup too. Um, Fox, some names there or some players that because there's some big names that could trip us up if we uh, get a bit of bad luck or aren't careful anyone you want to throw out I didn't have much with this question so okay. I'm just going to go by the fly on oh it's my favourite <laughs> you're going full rids on me here um, well I would look at the taggers yes. that are out there like the main taggers at the moment would be Clark mm-hmm. Steele Jack Steele yep yeah Jackie Steele uh, Sutcliffe to an extent, uh, Hewitt is yeah. sort, sort of, yeah. and we've got Hutchings and DeBoer coming back in the next few weeks. Yeah, Hutchings is uh, one week away, um, so he could be back a- as early as uh, round 20, which could be bad news for one P. Cripps. Mm. Uh, that would be the earliest he's back, and then DeBoer, I think he's two or three weeks away, so round 21 could be around 20. So I would throw those names that I've just mentioned into the mix and just see how many times teams come up against the, the what was it, six six players. Five weeks to go, including this week. Yeah, so probably um, Look, just Dylan quickly, Clark. O'Meara, maybe O'Meara would Ooh, be a, he, yeah, he may be call. one. There was this one out of the... Pulled that name out. Well, uh, round twenty three. Uh, yeah, round twenty three. He has West Coast, so Hutchings would Ooh, well and truly yep. be back by then. At the week before that, looks good for him though, um, because he plays Gold Coast, so that that looks good. But it's more yep. the outside midfielders that score well against Gold Coast. Um, and then this is touch and go, but this is where I think you've mentioned De Boer would be yeah. if he's back round twenty one. Then he plays O'Meara. So oh, yeah. two of the worst to get. Um, and then uh, North Melbourne, he's got, um, and then uh, Brisbane Lions. And, so and that's Amira's run. There wouldn't be too many Supercoach teams without Fife or Cripps mm. in it at the moment, but I wouldn't be wanting to get them in quickly either. Hey, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a bit nervous about Patrick Cripps at, at the moment. While Carlton are certainly winning games, and that's, that's great for, for the football club and for supporters of the club. Um, Cripp is still not looking anywhere near 100% at the moment. He's always looking taped up to the wazoo, but it, more so than ever before, he's gone full Canelio with the amount of bannering that he's got around his body. Um, and, and just looking at the stats, that Brisbane game in round 12 feels like the big one that stands out. Outside of that in Supercoach, these are his past six scores. Okay, So we'll count that in there, though. Um, in Supercoach, 73 115, 78, the monster, 194, 89, 116, 66. So that gets you to round nine. So really, one score that would scare you with Patrick Cripps, and and that's it. Then you look again in the similar run through AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. 55, 94, missed a couple of games through injury. 67, that massive 151. Then 63, 88, 45. One of Cripps' last 10 or 11 games has been over 120 in AFL Fantasy. And only one score over 100 in AFL Fantasy since round nine. So, I know some of those are tag games as well, but um, look, West Coast, if Hutchings is back, that's where he's going in to potentially, maybe um, you know, he's not going to go and shut down a Kerno or a Murphy. Um, And then Richmond St. Kilda Geelong the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all off. He's a warrior, Cripper. isn't he? Oh, he's look, a... incredible player, warrior, contested ball. But he just doesn't look anywhere near 100% himself. Mm. Um, he, he should pull apart the Crows midfield at some stoppages, but it'll be with handballs, not with yeah. with kicks and outside spread at the moment. T- he took a hiding earlier in the year. I remember on, a, on one of our chats we were talking, and um, I think Ritz came, yeah, said, gee, he's looked. Like he's getting, he's not going to make the year. Well, there was the there was a really difficult three week period for him where he got tagged out of it by DeBoer. It's not the first play that happened to this no. year. Got tagged out of it by Steele, 
and then got tagged out of it by Dylan Clark. So, look, I, I, the Crows don't really run a tagger, so that that's good news for this week. But oh, I certainly think someone like Marshall's a great one, O'Meara's a ripper, Cripps is another. Um, yeah, look at those fixture matchups. Look at the guys that are likely to get tags. Um, if side seasons are done, they might put away some of these star players. Fife was a, another that you mentioned that are, that's playing sore at the moment. I know every AFL player is playing sore at this point he's of the year. He's no but, guarantee for this week. Uh, he's a test, I believe. Um, that's no guarantee. Fife, same with Shannon Hearn. I, I think Hearn completed full training, though, on Tuesday. So so that's a positive sign that there, but that's rest. Tuesday. That was a rest. That yeah. was on a calf. Yeah. No, well, we might think that might be. You've got some sources over there, Fox. Or he just does. <laughs> Spreading a little bit of uh, innuendo over there, mate. Uh, all right, fair enough. Hey, so... Why did I just... Uh, sorry, MJ. No, Why you're cutting me off. It's fine. The... Yeah, I know. Again, mate. I love been, it. Been too many times. Um, yeah, the four most difficult teams to play against in no particular order from a dream team and fantasy perspective this year are the Brisbane Lions, the Port Adelaide Power, Geelong, and the GWS Giants. And GWS is significantly the the most difficult team to play against and that's even more pronounced when they're playing at home so their their two matches their final two matches at home are against the swans and the bulldogs so i'd be pretty concerned about guys like say isaac heaney patrick lipinski marcus bontempelli and even to a lesser degree someone like a a jack mccray or a josh dunkley might Mm. struggle a little bit more than usual yeah you might get a Um, 105 kind of thing out of them (laughs) that's it yeah they've been they've been in some amazing form but uh yeah it's just it's just mindful to keep keep those types of uh ideas at the forefront you know they're sometimes we're looking for names you know we're talking about taggers we're talking about difficult matchups but Sometimes purely you can look across the board and say, hey, GWS are playing at home. That is the most difficult fixture um, probably in AFL footy, but definitely in fantasy footy this year. So uh, avoid, avoid, avoid. All right, fair enough. Thank you, man, for that. Uh, let's jump into some of our Patreon questions. Uh, if you love what the Coaches Panel brings to your fantasy footy experience each and every single week, we'd love you to join the Patreon army at patreon.com forward slash Coaches Panel. Plenty of rewards, exclusive content, and access to members of the Coaches Panel. We'd love you to join. They have submitted some questions. A ton of them we've already kind of answered and built some of the podcast uh, around them, but we do have a couple of them. And Benny will throw this first question over to you it's a pretty simple one uh it's i want to trade out uh to trade in Lockie whitfield it's going to cost me two trades but i've got four left and a pretty much completed side which defender do i trade out to get Lockie whitfield brody smith or james sicily they're both uh, for reference point while you think about it uh brody's worth 12k more um, and uh, Sicily is averaging a little bit more, um, but only by a handful. Obviously, Brody had the big week last week that helped him out. But what would you be doing? Would you be getting rid of Brody Smith or Sicily to bring in Whitfield, knowing the other stays and probably becomes D6? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. I do like the Crows fixture. It's not too bad. So they got they got Carlton and the Saints over the next fortnight. Eagles and Collingwood's a little bit difficult, but they finish with the Bulldogs around 23. Um, so there's probably like three fixtures out of the next five that mm-hmm. are, are pretty reasonable. Yep. Um, Hawthorne, on the other hand, have an absolute wretched draw. So they they have the Lions, which are difficult. Uh, they play GWS. Uh, Gold Coast is an easier one. North is an easier one, but they finish with West Coast and round 23 away from home. So Ugh. look, it's... It's flipping a coin a little bit. Um, it's been a difficult difficult time to own Sicily over the last sort of fortnight. He went forward. Now he's playing as sort of more of a key defender as Clarkson's looking to do a few a few new inventive things. Um, he obviously had that great game against Collingwood, but that's the only good game. That was on Mason Cox, fantasy. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only good game he's had uh, from a fantasy perspective for five weeks. And on top of that, Collingwood were wretched. I don't, mm. I don't know if you can remember that game. Yeah, I they, do. They just kept on turning the ball just over. Just bombing so, it. Yeah. Yeah. So it feel it feels like that was that was the outlier rather than anything uh, predictive. So 
To be honest, I think I'd, I'd go with Sicily, which is a very surprising statement to make, but we're sitting right now 23rd of July 2019, and um, that is a decision I'm making. All right. Wow. Uh, I like that one. I that's like Benny, it. That's Benny's boys. It broke his heart to do that, but I can appreciate we, yeah. that. Can we read anything in? Yeah. Into... into um, Brody Smith wearing the different jumper. Uh, Richie Douglas's yeah, one. Yeah, like he he, he the, went massive in that jumper. He was awesome. And then when he put his proper one on, I've seen plenty of Crows fans um, uh, rave on about what happened to Richard Douglas after halftime. He went missing. So that sums up some Can't of the great supporters that I drag him call friends. Jumper every week. Well, if he plays like that at half forward on the number twenty six, sorry, Richie, you are done. Um, fair enough too. Uh, thank you, Luke, for that question. Uh, Matthew wants to know this one's for you, Fox, exclusively Ooh. for you. Oh, okay. Give me your prediction for the score of Tom Lynch in Super Coach this week <laughs> against uh, the Pies, who have no key defenders. This is looking good for old Thomas. Give I'd us like your to say super... what I think, but... Go on, know, yeah, say it. People might fall off their seats. Go on, then. <laughs> he, he, he's going to get higher than what he got last week because he's on the rise. He's, there's a, Give us there's a prediction, There's a beautiful box. relationship there with Rewald. Oh, here we go. They're probably going to bring Caddy back. Yep. So the the... The Tigers are going to run ramp, ramp, ramp. Yes, they should. They should. And he's going to score. Didn't he play well? Like, yes, of course right. he did. What is he going to score, Fox? <laughs> well, he's, he's going to turn up at, yeah. at, min, at minimal. By three-quarter mi- time. Minimal. There's um, my prediction, by three-quarter right. time. Um, they play, they play early. Just put the VC on him. <laughs> Over Brody Grundy. <laughs> Fox. I'm meant to be giving good advice. Well, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Um, Calm your farm, and, mate. Yeah, a super coach. Like, he's only really relevant, I'd say. Super yeah, coach. Just uh, a number, Fox. 120. For that. 110 to 120. For that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hope it was worth it for you, mate. Um, all right, last couple of questions before we wrap up the episode. You're an idiot, Fox. Uh, Josh wants to know, uh, I'll throw it over to you, Benny, an AFL fantasy question. What order does he upgrade these four names? Uh, Rosie in defence, Lysett in the ruck, Zebel up forward, and Cripps in the midfield. What is his priority of trade order for you there, Benny? Yeah, I think you've got to go with Rosie first. Um, rookie season, tiring a little bit. Those other three guys are, you know, mature ages, so he would be the first one to go for me. Uh, then, then it's a bit of a horses, of courses approach because I'm looking at Cripps right now, and I'm not. He looks quite sore, so it's a it's definitely a week by week basis with him. Uh, Lysett's been a little bit down the last few weeks, but can he bounce back? I I'd have. A, some confidence of him changing his his uh, performance. So his last couple of weeks, he's had a se- like couple of seventies, but prior to that, he'd been on a big run. So he's got GWS this week, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, from a ruck perspective, hasn't actually been too bad of a of a fixture. So I'm just looking at the Essendon the week the after, then Sydney the week after. Um, probably yeah. round 22 is when it gets difficult for Lysette against North Melbourne, and then he wraps up against the seven Ruckman team of Fremantle. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, I mean, they're all they're all pretty well mid of the pack in terms of difficulty. So, look, you can, you can make a case, I think, that you might want to hold on to Lysette. Um, depends, depends on exactly how many trades you've got as well. So this is a, a list of four upgrades. I wish I had the, the opportunity to upgrade four, but um, that's very exciting for the owner. So Rosie would be the first one and then bit of a horses for courses approach. But I don't mind the idea of saying, hey, Patrick Cripps, I think you're playing sore and I'm going to look elsewhere. All right. Thank you, mate. Josh, hopefully that helps you. Last question. Uh, we'll throw it over to you, Fox. Kind of a, a two-pronged question. Tom Lynch is not an acceptable answer, just for the record. I've got others. Great. <laughs> Good. Uh, is, is it time to zit- ditch 
Zeebles, especially since Higgins has come back into the side. Granted, it's been one week of data. We have seen him spend a lot more time forward. Is this the time to move Zeeble on? Has he he done his job? um, Uh, AFL fantasy for Shannon. Yeah, I think it it is. And then the second part of the question is, is Ed Kerno the real deal? We spent a bit of time talking about Carlton, um, mainly about Patrick Cripps, but over the past five weeks since David Teague's come in, there's been a a number of key changes in Carlton, um, and probably the two most notable is bringing Mark Murphy and Ed Kerno, both who are playing roles outside of the midfield unit, both certainly well and truly a part of, of, you know, along with Cripps and Walsh, leading the midfield unit. If it floats your boat, I would, but uh, I definitely would, yeah, I'd definitely go the Zeeble one. Would you do a Zeeble to Kerno move? Because in AFL Fantasy, against Supercoaches and Dream Teamers, you don't have this luxury. He's a forward in that format as well. Oh, okay. Just so Um, you know. You want to know the price tags, don't you? Yeah, well, that would help. It kind of makes life a little bit easier for Ed Kerno is 635000 uh, while it is about 30000 cheaper than Zeeble. So you make money off that. I'd trade. have to see the whole team. I, 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 think you could, I think you could buy better for six thirty-five. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, I'd the, have to see you too. I can't. I can't. I can't Shan- the time. beauty of it, because he's a part of the Patreon, you can drop that Shannon in some of the yep. exclusive hidden behind the scenes access points. Fox would love to help you out through there, man. And uh, Throw it out. We'll help you out. There you go. Appreciate it. Hey, mate, thank you for your work on the episode. Have fun. Yep, that's the key thing behind fantasy football. Have fun. Vice Captain Tom Lynch. Hashtag Fox. Uh, appreciate that, mate. Betty, as always, a pleasure, man. Thanks, mate. I'm going to Vice Captain Brody's running this week. Yeah, I think that's a much smarter move. Don't don't, don't play it too cute. Just lock it in, my friend. That's the easiest way to play Have it. Have fun. Uh, good luck this week. I hope everything goes your way. You pull out an absolute couple of monster scores, like a few of the coaches panel fans have done recently, including winning format uh, AFL Fantasy is recently last week with the 2,700. Not a bad week from the old Dubsy hashtags. So nice work for that. Good luck this week. Hope everything goes your way. And from us here at the Coaches Panel, well, we'll chat to you soon. Yeah.